Welcome to another episode of Thriving Through Menopause. And today, we're going to be talking about something that I think is very close to many of our hearts, and that is about our careers as we get older, the jobs we have, maybe where we'd like to be, and what happens when maybe midlife career takes a swing in a direction we hadn't expected, but we give ourselves an opportunity to do something different. Today's guest is someone who has done exactly that in her own life and is now helping other midlife women, as she calls us, the typewriter generation, to become laptop entrepreneurs. And I'd love to welcome to the show, Colleen Kahanek. Welcome. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Clarissa. I am thrilled to be here. Thrilled. I am excited. We've had one or two starts and get-goes on this one, but here we are. Colleen, share with people your own journey because you were once a corporate employee like I was and then things changed. Yeah, so really I was corporate forever, decades, and would probably have stayed corporate, quite frankly, except I was laid off. And I was, I got caught in this layoff of like 10,000 people. The whole industry was, you know, really in this massive change, et cetera, et cetera. And when it happened, I was in a job I actually really loved. I was getting to travel the world and it was exciting, et cetera. But something, just something inside of me said I was done with corporate. I was really done with the endless meetings and conference rooms and PowerPoint presentations and I just really had this idea that I wanted to strike out on my own, and it seemed like it was a good opportunity to do that at the time. And so I did. Once I was laid off, I decided to start my own business. And the journey goes from there. I don't know how much you want me to elaborate, but it, it's been quite the journey. Yeah. So well, we'll come in. Well, I think we'll be talking lots more about that. But you actually said some things that I feel so resonated with me personally, and I'm sure with many of my listeners, that somewhere deep down you were done with corporate, that, oh, I'm done with back-to-back meetings and doing my work at 5 p.m. Yeah, the endless PowerPoint. You could, if you'd seen me, you would have seen me smiling here at this and thinking, gosh, I felt exactly the same. And we know now that we're in the middle of this great resignation time And so many women are doing exactly that, saying, I'm done with this. I'm going to do something different. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny. I always referred to it as the death by PowerPoint presentation, because inevitably those uh, meetings go on four times as long as they need to, et cetera, et cetera. But there was just something. I had been corporate for a long time, and I had gotten to a good place in corporate. I was not at the top of the food chain by any stretch of the imagination. And, and I didn't want to be, but I think I'm bored with it. I, I had been fortunate to be able to change jobs or pivot within the same industry and the same company every five or six years. And that tended to be my, my trend, like five or six years. I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm, I'm bored with this. I need to move into something more exciting. So kind of boredom was the kiss of death for me. There was, I think I said to my, one of my bosses, like, if, if I'm not afraid a little bit to do my job anymore, then my personality is I'm kind of done with it. If I know how to handle it all, like there wasn't much thrown my way that was like exciting or challenging. So I think that's, I was really just bored with it, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. 
But did you actually decide to move immediately into working for yourself or did you actually try and look for a job in it after you made redundant? I did not. I was really determined and naive <laughs> in my decision, which we can talk about later. But no, when I, I was done, and in all transparency, I had been with this company for quite a long time. So I had a comfortable severance package. So I wasn't under massive pressure to go find a job tomorrow. So I had a little bit of cushion to help me with that. But I was really, I was done and I knew I didn't want to find another corporate job. I knew it. Yeah. But interestingly, you started a business but it didn't immediately emerge, did it, Colleen? It wasn't like a left corporate. You had a cushion, you built a business. There was a bit of a journey in that, wasn't there? There was a huge journey. And long story short, in my previous life, I had been a freelance writer for magazine here in the United States. And I had gotten in with some national publications and it was great. It was back in the day when they used freelance writers, blah, blah, blah. And so then I went, and then that kind of stopped. They started bringing interns in and they weren't really hiring freelancers. And then in the meantime, I had gone corporate and built a career over decades. But I always had this love of magazines and writing, et cetera. And really, when I was getting laid off from a corporate job, I thought, I'm going to start an online magazine. How hard can it be? Like, I was that naive. And so I decided I'm going to start an online magazine. And of course, I always say on day two, it was like the oh, crap moment. I won't cuss, but it was like, uh, what have I done? Like, I have no, I am so unprepared for this online space. So I had decided to start a small online magazine for my local town where I live. And I was really um, dumbfounded how unprepared I was for the online business space, despite decades of, you know, successful sales, marketing, you know, customer research kind of experience in the corporate world. And so that was my first kind of wake up moment. Yeah. Yeah. And one that I think so many women can relate to that we've sat there and I don't know your reflection on this, Colleen. We think we know a lot and, and we actually know we do, but we don't at the same time. And I can remember thinking, I know lots about social media, but I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know how to build a website. I didn't really know how to create a sales lead, you know, that yourself gets someone to. 100%. <laughs> yeah. The challenge is when we're corporate, of course, you could pick up the phone and you can call marketing. You could pick up the phone and call accounting. You could pick up the phone. And so when we have our own business, of course, where we, we're suddenly wearing a whole bunch of hats and this notion of doing business in the online space really has its very own specific set of rules or strategies, so to speak. And so if you haven't been in there or doing it, of course, it's completely unfamiliar. And that's where I found myself. Probably yeah. very similar to you. Very similar to, to me. It all. <laughs> you have to learn it all. You know something, don't you? You're not, and you have a bit of an idea because you've been in corporate. You suddenly lost that status. In corporate, as you said, you pick up the phone or your client knows who you are or suppliers want you as a client. They don't care about you when you're just you. <laughs> no, exactly. And when you're starting your, when I first started, you have to, like, you're a total beginner again. 
despite knowing a lot in hindsight now looking back that I have been doing this five, five, five-ish years or so, I do know a lot and I have been able to translate and transfer a lot of my quote skills from the corporate days to what I do now. But laying the foundation of an online business, I was a complete newbie and beginner and you just have to be comfortable in that space. And it's actually pretty uncomfortable to be that much of a beginner, especially when you've had so long in a corporate career where, like you said, you're known, like people know you, your company, you know what you're doing, it's familiar. And then all of a sudden you're like thrown into this foreign space. It's it's crazy. And there's a whole new set of language to learn, isn't there? You've never, you're not used to this new language and new tech, isn't that correct? Oh, 100%. And I talk a lot about this uh, with my audience. We, quote from the typewriter generation, we are digital immigrants and technology came to us during our life versus younger folks today who are digital natives that they've never not known the internet or social media or I always joke like kids today they're born like teething on their mother's iPad. And like, we were born teething on our mom's like dirty car keys. We didn't have the technology and we also haven't been exposed to it like younger kids today. So when you get into this online business space and you're right, the jargon, the customer journey, the funnel, the lead magnet, the this, the that, and you're like, what? Like, what language are you speaking? It's all new. And, And I think quite often what you find is that as I did, that many of the people that you look to support you are the age of your children or slightly. And there's this clash, isn't there, between millennial teachers and midlife learners? 100%. In fact, that is that is what really inspired my second business. But to your point, when I first started, like I said, on day two, after I was laid off, like day two of my unemployment and starting my own business, when I realized I had no idea what I was doing, but I was determined. So I started jumping into courses and programs and all these things to learn. And they were all taught by millennials, that much younger set. And they had really, I saw instantly, there was this huge information gap in what they considered to be a beginner or like the starting point versus what I thought it was. There were some programs I'm like, did I miss like lessons one through seven? Did I miss something? Because there was just a lot of assumed knowledge from a space that they were familiar with and I was not. And it that was a hard, a hard pill to swallow. And I had to fill in a lot of the gaps myself. And I also recognized online courses and whatnot. Of course, they have online communities that go along with them. And I'd go in there and I'd be like, is there anybody else over 50 in here? And people came out of the woodwork and they were you know, really participating or asking questions, I think is they had the same challenge as me. Like I didn't want to raise my hand and ask a question that I knew everybody else seemed to know. Everybody else seemed to know. I always joke like, but they start talking about funnels. I'm like, I have a funnel in my kitchen. What does a funnel have to do? Why why are we talking about funnels here? And I knew I couldn't ask the question because it would be everybody else seemed to know, but there was this huge gap definitely a huge information gap, 100%. And it's true. And I think also 
what I experienced, and I'll share this, this is something I've not talked about before, is I engaged a much younger man. We had met at a face-to-face -face meeting, and I said I was interested in building a webinar. Said, You're going to laugh, Colleen. So I said, yeah, let's do that. And he says, I'll work with you. His irritation with me at how slowly I typed and stuff was palpable. And he was like, just put that there and press that there and do that there. And I went, huh? Wait a minute. And I'm not slow. I can type and I'm very competent, but I don't move that fast. I need to time and I need to think. Uh, and there was just this irritation. It was irritating for me at the time, but it's amusing now and shows the the kind of mismatch at times. And then we did something and he said, why didn't you press this? And I said, how am I supposed to know that I'm supposed to press this to collect these emails or something? And that I spoke too slowly on a video. And I said, well, I speak slowly and deliberately. That's the way I speak for my audience. And everything was speeded up and I was, my brain just felt fried. Yeah, and it, it's very much. And the interesting thing is, in my corporate life, I had worked with technology and technology education. And this whole notion of digital immigrant, digital native is a true thing. It's not like something that's made up. And we physically do approach technology differently. It's like when, um, you know, somebody's like, oh, I don't want to touch that. I don't want to break it. And the kids are like, you can't break your computer. Like it's there. But we actually, our experience, Growing up, as technology came on, like even say like the typewriter, like when the typewriter went electric and was like super fancy, it would still like once you commit something to paper, we were committed to it. There was no copy, paste, delete, redo, undo, revert to this revision. It was like you were committed. And so we do have this notion that if you hit the wrong button, there's a consequence to it. And I think that's like really deep in our brain somehow, which is why we do go slower with technology. Like this young man saying, why didn't you just hit that button? It's like, I didn't know I was supposed to hit that button. Whereas kids today, they have the technology in their hands from the time they're toddlers and they just know just to start hitting buttons and they have that context that we did not have. We had a very different context. And so we just have to recognize that. We do. That, of course, has led to your second business, hasn't it, Colleen? Yes. Yes. 100%. I, when I was learning how to do this online business and got in these courses with millennials and everything, I could, as we talked about, there was this information gap. And even though it was online, you'd ask a question and I could just feel the eye rolls, <laughs> like these young kids like rolling their eyes. I could feel it through the internet. And I thought well, there has to be a different way because there's a whole audience out here not being served in the way that they uh, really need to be served and will be, will be more comfortable being served with somebody who understands why they didn't click the box to collect the emails. Like I totally, I can understand that now. And so that's really why I started the Scrappy Frontier. And also, I started realizing we women over 50 have so much to bring to the table. And the one big obstacle is this like kind of silly, I don't want to say silly, but this technology that's just a skill that is totally learnable or outsourceable. And there are ways around it so that we can bring our expertise into the online space. Absolutely. And I think more and more women are wanting to build their own businesses. 
and to have impact in this world. And we have so much to give off and we've got a long life ahead of us. We're not going to retire at 50 into the sunset and do nothing. But And we shouldn't allow technology to be the thing that stands in our way. No, exactly. And I had a hard, not not a harsh approach to it, but people who still like refute technology and everything, I'm like, that's like refuting the automobile, like when we were on horse and buggy. Life does move forward and has great advantages. And it is our responsibility to to learn it and keep moving, keep moving forward with it. But to your point that we have so much time left, I saw a quote the other day now that it is highly likely you will spend more than half of your life over the age of 50. And I'm like, dang, that is crazy because we're living so much longer, but we're still in the societal retire at 65, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, if you're 65, what are you going to do with the next 30 years? <laughs> like you could, that is super feasible. And so what are you going to do? Exactly. And I, I think that you're saying the same things that I'm saying and feeling and hearing out here. We want to contribute. We've got more time on our hands now than we had when we were in corporate, when we had small children and, uh, and aging parents Some for some of us. Now we're in a time which is our time, and we certainly don't want to spend it playing golf and looking at the TV screen. That, that's just not where women are at anymore, or even men to a certain extent. But I think certainly women do not want to pack up. And that would mean that I would stop working in three years' time, and I can't see that happening at all. Yeah, everybody, I would say, all the people in my audience are the type of people that will tell you, I will never retire. Like, I will never not be doing something. They may be retired from a corporate job or something, but I will never not be doing something because they have interest and passion and expertise, and they want, they do want to bring it to the world. And there's this whole notion, I've had a lot of conversations about this and you just touched on it. It's, we get to this point where it's, it's my turn. There aren't the kids, there aren't the carpools, there aren't, I don't have children, but I, there's not the corporate, there's not the, you know, planning the PTA and the, the, all of these things. It's, this is your time now. Like you get all your time back and you get to choose what you do with it. And so many women want to start. A business, and the cool thing about online businesses is you can really take just about any expertise, subject matter, passion, whatever it is, and then turn it into an online business, which is very cool. Absolutely. And I also see women doing what I'm doing, starting a podcast, writing books, getting behind movements, as well as starting a business, setting up courses amazing coaching others it, it just feels to me like there is no limit to what we can do but we need the online space for us to be able to in a sense execute our expertise we do we absolutely do and the online space is you know just this incredible opportunity because you just touched on it people who are starting podcast or coaching or you know, whatever it is, you can reach the world online. And so that's why you can pretty much start any kind of business, you know, that you want, whether you want to completely pivot from something you did corporate and now maybe you were a corporate accountant and now you're teaching art online or whatever it is. But I think another great thing that Bear's talking about is 
a lot of times in the online space, we get caught up that the whole thing is about the technology when in fact, like I said, that's learnable, outsourceable, doable. What we bring to the table is this breadth of breadth of experience, like decades of experience, self-awareness, persistence, patience, things that can't be bought really, like these have been earned over time. And I think that's what makes us really such strong online entrepreneurs, quite frankly. And, and I think so. And I think you just hit on those things, the wisdom and the patience. And that means that we're also reaching not just younger people, but people like ourselves. I think I read a statistic that women over 40 or maybe over 50 are, are responsible for 80% of household spend in the U.S. That's Oh, yeah. yes. And women over 50, and don't quote me on this, but it was from the Kaufman Institute. There, It is a statistic. Are twice as likely to start a successful online business than somebody under the age of 30. And I think much of that is attributed to this, the uh, patience. We know it's not going to happen overnight. We know this will make money while you sleep, make a million bucks in 24 hours is all rubbish. So we, we understand how to be in it for the long haul. And we just have that experience of patience and uh, persistence on our side as well. I agree. And I think sometimes we also have maybe some some bed of security if we're lucky in that we may be getting a pension because or a redundancy pay because our corporate years are over, which as you said also help us to cushion a bit of the blow while our businesses grow. I think that's 100% true. And I'd say it's definitely true of my audience. And what's interesting about it as well is because we do have this longevity of resources, hopefully built up, is I find women, like you see so much of the young people now, make a million bucks and da, 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 in a year. And my audience is like, I don't want an empire. I don't really want to work that hard anymore. I want a nice business with a nice income, doing something I love. And I think we have a little bit more freedom to to be that way because it's we're not trying to, we're not just starting out and building resources necessarily. And so we have more notion that we definitely want to be paid what we're worth, the value of what we're doing, et cetera. But we also don't necessarily have, you certainly can, but we don't have these grandiose, like I want to make $10 million next year kind of thing. Because we also know we've already worked really hard and we don't, want to, we don't want to do that anymore. We don't want that hustle anymore. And we have a lot of things going on in our lives that uh, need to fit with our business and not really let the business consume that. I love that. And I love that mindset as well, because yes, you're right. When we're young, we're trying to build up resources and, and you see continually these conversations become a six figure, seven figure, eight figure. You don't get there overnight. Maybe if you're somebody on YouTube, you have a breakthrough, but most of the time that's really hard work to get there. And I think as you're right, we have other things that are important, our leisure, our downtime, our children, our grandchildren, many different aspects to our life, our own health and wellness and time to exercise. And so we don't, do we? We just do not want to be tied from 7 till 10 in the evening, 7 in the morning till 10 in the evening, and the computer working like crazy. And some of us have been through burnout and are certainly not interested in going back there. 
100%. I, I, 100%. And I, I think it, like you said, we have other aspects of our lives that we're not willing to sacrifice for a business anymore. And so we, yeah, we don't need that make a million bucks next year kind of thing, but you're going to have to work seven days a week because <laughs> we're like, no, I'm busy on Wednesday afternoon and I do this kind of thing. And now that said, what's interesting about that is I, I do get a lot of people coming to me and they want to start a business in the way I do it. My programs are 12 months, I'm like 12 months. That's a big commitment. I'm like, it's going to take you every bit of 12 months to start a business. This is not the quick get quick, get rich quick scheme or anything. It's going to take that long. And then after that year, once you have it established, you're going to have much more of the freedom that you're craving. But in the beginning, you do have to be very consistent and persistent and work on your business. I, there's, there is that price. And I think we understand that. I think that's part of the persistence that we understand and being in it for the long haul. Yeah. And I think as we're older as well, we realize that we won't have the dividends in 12 months. Those are going to come year three, year four. I think it's a bit like Chinese bamboo. <laughs> it takes time under the ground. And then about year four or year five, you actually begin to see the really growth that you want to have. But before that, it's like little shoots and things happening. And maybe we have a little bit more patience, Colleen at our age than, than as, you, as we see in younger people, and they have pressing things. We understand that. They're trying to get a foot on the ladder, buy a home, start a family maybe, a whole host of other things that we are freed from. Yeah, I mean, I think we're trying to get rid of all that now. Like we're trying to get rid of all the stuff in the house and <laughs> you know, not trying to get rid of the family, but it's, it is definitely a different season. It is definitely a different season of life. And I think for us, a lot of it now, like at least in my audience, people are starting businesses because they want to be very purposeful and intentional about how they're living their life. And we have a little bit more freedom to do that. Whereas when we're younger, like you said, you have to support a family and you have to get the house and there's more pressure to maybe just have a job versus now. It's, I don't want to do that. I want to do this. I want to do what I love. And so we have more of that freedom, I think, which is wonderful. It is wonderful. It makes me excited. But we talked about technology being in the way, didn't we, sometimes. How do we stop being, I think, maybe tech dummies or, dinosaur, <laughs> or tech dinosaurs and make that switch? Because that's a really important step, isn't it, Clint? It's a huge step. And a couple of things. First of all, and this is tough love. I meet a lot of people who've decided they cannot do technology before they've even ever tried or touched it because they're intimidated by it. And so I think step one is we have to push that aside and say, I am going to learn this. I am going to try, you know, to figure this out. I always say, stop handing your phone over. Like when you need something to happen on your phone, stop handing it over to your grandson to do it for you. Say, no, teach me how to do it. Show me how to do it. There's plenty of opportunities to learn basic tech skills. And by basic tech skills, like email and attaching things and that kind of thing, which a lot of people are still lack. Go to your local library. They have classes because a lot of those things are better taught in person, quite frankly, where somebody can be over your shoulder teaching you. But there's a lot of courses. You can Google just about anything. You can YouTube just about anything. 
And then what I tell my audience is you really need basic tech skills, basic personal tech skills, and you really need to know how to use the tools you're going to need for your business. You don't have to know how to build the tools necessarily or how to set it up. You can outsource that very easily and pretty inexpensively. So I'll see people struggle, like they'll say, oh, I just took three weeks to figure out how to use my email service provider and get it set up. And I'm like, why? You could have paid somebody a hundred bucks to get it set up for you and teach you how to use it. And so there's a lot of this notion or myth that we have to DIY everything when we're starting a business. And I always equate it to if you have a retail store and your air conditioner or heater breaks, do you close the store down and go to school to learn how to repair an air conditioner? No, you call the repair person and they come do it. A lot of the technology phobia we have is because we don't know how to build a website. Guess what? You don't have to build a website. There are apps where it's already done for you or you choose a theme or whatever or you outsource it and hire somebody to get it done. And as part of that, they teach you then how to use the tool. And I think that's, that's what we need to focus on because as business owners, our focus should be really on our expertise and not on learning how to build a WordPress website unless that is going to be your business. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more, Colleen, actually. And I started in the DIY and I very quickly became friends with websites like Fiverr and now Upwork. There are people on there for a very reasonable sum of money who will do exactly those things. Build your website, help you set up your email, edit your podcast. <laughs> Yes, um, it, well, yes, exactly. I have exactly. somebody who does that for me. I'm not a tech. I can do it. But it takes me a lot of time. So why wouldn't I outsource it to a very nice young man who turns around a whole load of them and sends them back? Um, exactly. And we yeah. can get someone to help you get yourself a really easy email provider because you need a newsletter and an email list. And once you know how to do that, so much more stuff is templated and simple. And yeah, you said it, YouTube. YouTube is my friend when I don't know how to do something. Yeah. And like you said, Fiverr, I will give myself like a timer, like 30 minutes to try to figure something out. And if I can't, I go to Fiverr and there's usually somebody there who can do it in five minutes. So why would I continue to, you know, beat my head against the wall, trying to learn something that I don't even want to really know how to do or continue doing in my business. So I think that's another thing is like your podcast editing. If you want to be a podcast editor, of course, you need to learn how to edit them and then do that. But if that's not your your thing, <laughs> then there are people that that is their thing. Let them do that. Yeah. And I think my own lesson that I'd say to any listener out here is you don't need a gazillion tools because they just make your head spin. <laughs> and I've gone down to being much more simple and the number of tools, obviously, it depends on your business. But sometimes I felt that less was more and stuff that I knew how to work and look after has, has served me quite well. Yeah, less is way more, especially in the online space. And it is difficult to resist because once we're in the online space, of course, we get bombarded with information about this tool, that tool, this way, that way, this method, that method. And in the beginning, you know, what I you know, say to my audience is pick a lane and which tool is the right tool. I'm like, pick one that feels comfortable and use it. Like 
and just stay with it. And I always say, get fancy later. Like in the beginning, you just need to, you just need to get going and it's not the tool that's going to make or break you. It's the persistence. <laughs> yeah. And that you've got something of value for people to connect into. Exactly. That is the most important is really understanding what it is you want to do in your business and the value that you're offering, the transformation, the result, whatever that is. And that really needs to be your focus is that. And this other stuff, the tech part, you just need a foundation and hire it out or yeah, hire it out. Hire it out. <laughs> Sounds good to me too there. <laughs> so, but, I, but I love that. Colleen, it just sounds so hopeful. If you had a best piece of advice for somebody who's listening to this podcast, who's midlife, they're done with corporate like we were, and wants to get going, what would that be? I think the biggest piece of advice is, because this is something I hear a lot, is do I have something to really offer? And I will say this, if you have gotten to 50 and beyond in your life, I guarantee you have something incredibly valuable to offer as a business and to, to pursue that. And don't let this, the semantics or logistics of it hold you back. Figure it out and bring it out to the world because the world needs it. And I know that sounds very cliche, but the world needs like your breadth of experience whether it's a hobby that you love and you want to teach people how to do it or something, you know, different. I don't know. It's just, you have, you do have something so valuable to offer and get it out into the world. Don't hesitate. And to be in it for the long haul, because it's an online business is simple, but it's not necessarily easy. So you have to be in it for the long haul. That is brilliant advice. Colleen, thank you so much for coming on the show. I would love for you to share with my listeners where people can get in touch with you, learn more about Scrappy Frontiers and more. E easy. You just said it, scrappyfrontier.com. That's where they can learn about me, learn about what I do. There's some free resources there. So scrappyfrontier.com. Love it. We're going to put that in the show notes and then connect with Colleen if you're thinking about a business as she said we have so much to give so I think get out there and do it <laughs> thanks so much for having me this was great it was my pleasure thank you Colleen When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.